People everywhere have been saying this is the best year in the history of video games. I have heard that. Is this, that's really how you're starting the episode? Who? Who's saying that? Dude, that has been a podcast topic on several video game podcasts I check out, believe it or not. Is this the best year ever for video games? But Bloodborne, or uh, but Dark Soul, whatever the fuck. Elden, Elden Ring, Ring didn't came come out, out last year. I know. I, I, I can't believe the lack of Elden Ring respect this year. It's insane. Uh, and there was, I can't, I'm, my brain is failing me, but last year, I feel like last year had more bangers than this year. Uh, I think I what, feel like this was a dip year. What I've learned is last that, year had cyberpunk. I know. No, no. Cyberpunk's 2020. I feel like oh, what okay. you and I have I learned is that our, our tastes in video games don't match up to like the way the zeitgeist feels about video games always. Frankly, and that's good. good. That's then, a good then thing. Then there's a reason that we're doing the show, yeah. right? We're not Agreed. just echoing. We're not just another. Yeah, I agree with IGN. I, <laughs> so I hope good. so. Yeah, I hope <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. But I did. So like I and also like one thing that stood out to me this year as I, since we've played all the big releases, which, you know, is that's become true of us in the last two years is mm-hmm. every big for release work. we're playing it for work. Right. Yeah. Which is what a joy, what a luck, what, how lucky are we that we get to do oh, that? I love it. It's amazing. Um, that hype is such a big part of hype and build up and the, the narrative around the game is so important for how that game is received that year and all, has almost nothing to do with the game's legacy at all. Like, for instance, yeah. last year, if you remember, there was a debate about what the best game of the year was, Elden Ring or God of War Ragnarok. That's a what game I was trying to remember. No that one game was all right. has talked about until this DLC dropped this week. Like, people immediately forgot that game. Why? Because it was good, but not Elden Ring. You know what I mean? Like, come on. No, El- Elden Ring beats the pants yes. off in terms of importance yes. yeah and exactly. i can't even i can't get through elden ring and i still can tell it's better than god of war <laughs> i'm almost done with it for the fourth time elden ring um it's You're a real elden boy. i fucking love it um I, yeah. I just mention it because we're going to do a much hyped episode right now that's game of the year in 2023 mm. and i that's hope right. i hope that Whatever we put on this list, I I was trying really hard this year to think about, I want to put all the hype and narratives aside as best I can and decide, based on the experience, what belongs and what doesn't belong. Yeah. Um, That's the goal for me this time. Are you opposed to that, sir? No, not at all. Like I said, I think we should both get an opening spiel where we talk about the year as a whole and our experiences. Great. Well, then, uh, shall we begin? Let's do it. Okay. Um... We did the hard when we did the hard drive episode. I forget what order they come out in. This will come uh, out first. Y- you went first, which yeah. made me the final word. The hammer. I think we should swap that so okay. that you're the final word. Okay. Great. But before we even get to that, um, I'm going to do my honorable mentions if mm-hmm, that's cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which <clears throat> I thought it was a dip year. Um, I've been really, really depressed this year because I'm fucking with my mood meds for reasons, but it means in the middle my mood is really rocky. So I'm, I only mention that because it could literally be changing my perspective on some things. There are games that are so good that even through my depressive haze, I was laughing with delight and Adam knows which game I mean. Mm-hmm. But um, there are some games that I think I would have liked more if I wasn't crushingly depressed. So, yeah. I want to say that about my list, but I also want to mention the games that I do think really stood out this year, but didn't make my top five. Um, did you play Talos Principle too? Nope. I have it downloaded though. 
Oh, it, is oh, it yeah, as good, good? Good. Is it as good as you? It was. It was supposed to be Portal. That's what I kept hearing from you. Well, here's the thing. The reason it did. There's a reason it didn't make my list. Okay. On the one hand, it's sort of like Alan Wake too. It's an incredible meta narrative. Okay. That is truly f- like top tier science fiction. Like the, on the order of good sci-fi novels, the narrative is incredible and thought-provoking, and it teaches you about philosophy and science. It's really just a sumptuous feast of interesting ideas. Now, the way you get through the game is beating block and block puzzles, like putting blocks on pedestals and shooting lasers at mirrors. I don't care about that. That's mm. not good enough mm. for the gameplay to get to prefer it to be actually in my top five list. Mm. But in terms of narrative and you know, the gameplay has got to be weak for the narrative guy to say this. Yeah. Uh, in terms of narrative, it's just awesome. So it's worth mentioning. Okay. Of course we both mentioned, I think Starfield for being the biggest disappointment of the year. I like, I wasn't going to talk disappointment about it. Of the year. Yeah. Okay. Then moving on, moving on. But other games that I wish uh, that make me wish my list was longer, right. That make me wish I had more slots. Um, Pikmin 4. Mm. It's the first Pikmin game I've played. Did you mm. play that bad boy? That, sir, uh, I debated very heavily whether it was in my top five. I yeah, played because... all the Pikmins this year again, and it is that franchise is is criminally Addictive. underrated. It is it's very addictive. good. Yeah. The loop is compulsive. Yes. Flinging your little guys at it's stuff. It's so good. I had never, I never played Pikmin before. And so I, on, I only don't put it on my top five because I imagine if I had played one, two, and three, I would have already had this experience. But starting with four, which I assume they've worked the formula out pretty well at this point, it's delightful. It's great. It's just fun. It's really I, good. That's all I can say about it. Yeah. It's really it's good. It's like doing a book of Sudoku puzzles, but way more fun than that. Also, side note um, on that. Uh, just because yeah. like we're not going to talk about it much like there's not that many strategy games that have as distinct or creative a personality like it's a whole different set of interactions for a strategy game too like that kind of yeah. gets underrated it's a unique it's a unique gameplay loop that no other game does it's so yeah. cool uh in yeah. that way like it's underappreciated yeah that's all that's I finally got on the Pikmin bus and I get it now so yeah. that's all I wanted to say that was big for me this year also Great to play when you're depressed because Absolutely. it's just mindlessly leveling up and, it's and cute. getting things. Yeah, and it's cute. Um, I there's an indie game that almost made my list that I've mentioned to you several times. It's called Ugly, and oh, uh, really? It's okay. a really it, it's a really atmospheric braid like. Where the puzzle mechanic is that you have a shard of mirror, and when you can place it in the level, and it creates a doppelganger on the other side of the mirror. So if you know what I mean, all the puzzles involve splitting the screen and interesting different ways. I just found the puzzles really delightful, and they unfolded in a pretty good progression. Although I did find some puzzles like that was a difficulty spike, or that was too obtuse for this point in the game. Just my opinion. It's also a braid like that has Dark Souls style bosses. It has giant bosses that you fight. You're saying all the right words. Which I didn't think you could do in a braid like, but they found a way to make it work. The fight is a kind of puzzle uh, and it's really evocative and beautifully animated. It looks better than braid because years have passed since braid. Um, But it's not on the list because braid exists and it's so clearly inspired by braid. So clearly, but it's great. 
So yep. I recommend Indie Files. Check it out. And then uh, there's two games that would have made that could have made my list, except I didn't get around to playing them yet. One is Alan Wake Two, okay. which I'm now about eight hours into. And Adam texted me, you know, I think you're really gonna like this. Yep. And he's not wrong. Yep. I got. I stopped. I played about an hour of it and stopped because I thought it was just going to be Twin Peaks the game. But when you muscle your way through it, no, it has a lot of original stuff to offer. It does. Whether you love it or hate it, it's original, you got to admit. And uh, so I think that's worth mentioning, but I, it's disqualified from my list just because I haven't completed it yet. And then the other one I haven't played at all that I hear a lot of good buzz about is called World of Horror. Have you heard about this? Nope. Have you seen this? Nope. I've seen this. It's a... It's a one bit like Legend of Obra Dinn is one bit. Uh, it's a one bit point and click adventure horror roguelike. So it's like okay. you right. you go through a series of mysteries. I don't know. It just sounds up my alley, but I'm I haven't I've downloaded it, but I haven't played it. So I want to flag that as something sure. that could have been on my list, but I don't know. Okay. Last but not least, mm. I think the time has come <laughs> to admit <laughs> proudly. Yeah. That Hogwarts Legacy was a really good game. Yep. And it it just narrowly didn't yep. make my list. It would be number six. Yeah. It was so good, you guys. Yeah. And I hate Harry Potter shit. Yeah. The room of requirement was fucking awesome. Yeah. Flying around on your broom was fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm so sorry. So I feel bad. Well, let's okay, this is the only time we're probably gonna talk about that game. So like can we uh, people who are on my stream know this but those of you who you know don't tune into the streams should know mike and i spent more time trying to figure out if there was a way to rep to responsibly cover hogwarts legacy than any game ever we spent at Given least that it at least directly 10 times. makes a transphobe rich like every copy you buy yeah. jk rowling well, gets money she made a light i think as i understand it she made a licensing fee before the sales were made you know what i mean okay. so she made her money and then the game was very successful which no doubt people who are invested in harry potter will choose to use to make more harry potter stuff right and i'm oh so pro trans rights and i'm right. not trying to lessen the evil of what transphobia is right. but i will point out that she already has a billion dollars it's well, like not really going to change so her life without getting into all the arguments uh, because like i dave and i literally when we were gaming one night did a, a full hour debate about and he was very adamant you cannot cover it morally man and uh i don't agree with him but i but i respected his position and and listened to him um yeah. i will say before i played one minute of hogwarts legacy or mike i put 150 dollars into a charity uh for uh that was pro-trans essentially um to mitigate any potential financial harm that my purchasing the game could create and that's i beautiful i lived with that as a choice because i felt it was irresponsible you that sits right with you that's an yeah i felt it was irresponsible for me as a as a person to pay for it given the moral checkered experience of it but also it was irresponsible for me as a game reviewer who has a podcast to not play this game um, i Got a code through my IGN connections oh, intentionally okay. so that I didn't have to pay for it. Great. So I only say that not. I'm not trying to flash my moral badge because I don't feel I need to do that. But I if am. it bothers you, <laughs> dear listener, please know that we did deeply consider this before we played the game. 
Um, and we were trying so hard to find a way to cover it with like, you know, voices who would be immediately affected by it as part of the episode. And we, sp- I probably put a good 10, 15 hours trying to get that podcast to you. And we just decided it was not possible. Um, yes, that's all. But it, in this house, we believe that trans rights are just a basic form of human rights. Agreed. It shouldn't be a big deal. Agreed. They should be granted Agreed. to stand against that is to be on the wrong side of history. Nevertheless, delightful game <laughs> yeah i'm gonna talk more about it later i think <laughs> okay uh, great but yeah great yeah so i'll leave that there and i want to hear your your honorable mentions yeah. and sort of just take on the year as a whole yeah so um i've made a couple of key decisions um that will impact the list uh one of them is i chose not to include remasters in my list um okay. because quite frankly if i had i would have to give a spot to resident evil 4 which I didn't. Um, Resident Evil 4 was great, though mostly the same game. But it was a very, very well done remaster. There's no question about yes, it. Yes, indeed. Um, I also didn't give a space to Dead Space's remaster, which was gorgeous. Oh, you loved that. It was yeah. gorgeous. A gorgeous remaster. It was everything I want from Dead Space. God, I hope they keep making Dead Space or remastering sure Dead Space too. I'm sure it was great. I just don't need to play Dead Space a fourth oh, time. Oh, I love That's it. That's enough. I fucking love <laughs> yeah. it. Um, and... I didn't include expansions, which is why Cyberpunk's Phantom Liberty is not on this list. Um, I loved it, uh, very, you know, and I love Cyberpunk in general, but, it, you know, it wasn't a full new game, so I didn't. Although they they redid so many things that I considered it, but I just was like, no, nah, I'm going to try to get only new games this year. Um, yeah. The big proviso that I'm sure will upset people, but I'm just going to lay it out up top is I did not play enough of Baldur's Gate three to put it on this list. I'm going to tell you Uh, why I didn't play enough of Baldur's Gate three. I don't like it. I don't like Baldur's Gate three. I, and episode over everyone just turned their shit off. I acknowledge (laughs) right up top. Many people, particularly people who are outspoken on the internet, feel it is one of the greatest games ever made. I'm not even going to argue with you that that is true or not true. Um, Dave certainly feels that way. I know way. Dave feels that way. To a degree that I find obnoxious. I do too. No, no, no. Dave can feel how he feels. It's all good. No, that's a strong word. That's a strong word. I, just, I, I, I want him to hear that. I am willing to, without even having played it, stipulate to Baldur's Gate 3 is the best RPG ever made. I'm willing to stipulate to that. Like, okay, you got it. I agree with well, that. Well, I mean, depending on what kind of RPG, right? right. Like, I might say it's a Skyrim, pure tar- it's turn-based RPG. A pure turn-based so, top-down RPG. It's the best one so and far. And this is yes. where, like, look, you know, we all have our taste. Turn-based Dungeons and Dragons storytelling is boring to me, and I'll tell you why it's boring. I've been doing it for twenty years now. You know what I mean? Like I've made content about this. I've played tons of different games that are based on this. We watch movies based on this. I know Baldur's Gate 3 is unique world, blah, 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 blah. I get it. It just doesn't appeal to me anymore. It's not my vibe. Um, I'm not going to say that makes it bad. What I've chosen to do is not include it on the list so as to not unfairly malign or dispute it. I do not think it would have, if I had played it, it would have dethroned yeah. my number one game. I, that's, that's okay. All I can It'll say. come up again later. Okay. We'll talk oh, good. about it more Okay, later. great. I'll leave it at that. That's all. That's all. That's your. That's oh, and, your one honorable and Pe- mention. Peekman Four also uh, yes. deserves deserve <laughs> to be mentioned. Fun as hell. Dude, it was so good. I played all in of a low them. key mundane way. It's so just super good. Fun. Great game. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Okay. So let's get into it. I think I said I'm going to go first. You did. That way you get the last word. Yeah, you so did. So my number five pick, uh, dude, I'm... I never thought I'd be in this position. Honestly, it, I offend myself I'm because I'm the guy who stands up not just for narrative, but for indie and for novelty. And frankly, I think Mario sucks. He's boring. He's just a human as guy a in overalls. Yeah. yeah, as a character, he does nothing for me. Not like Link does. At least Link is something. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, but platforming is a great genre. And Super Mario Brothers Wonder is an incredible platformer. Um, If you haven't played it, what's unique about it, and it's my number five pick, is every level you can collect a wonder flower or whatever that completely changes the nature of the level and every single one is different. So for every level that there is, there's a bespoke way that you beat the level that is delightful. Like some kind of surprise happens every level. And it was like opening a, Christmas present every single level. I kept playing going, I wonder what they're going to do this level. And it would be cool shit. Like suddenly it's top down instead of side to side, or suddenly you're a giant blob and you have to move like a blob. Um, I just loved it, man. I just can't deny. And when I saw the trailer, because the trailer basically just showed off the musical number, I thought it was a total ripoff of Raymond Origins. It's actually not like Raymond Origins at all. Or oh, Raymond that's Legends. that's interesting. I I kind of felt that it was, but that's interesting you say that. Oh, okay. There, well, it shared I never some found DNA. myself a little bit, but I never found myself doing the level to the beat like I do. That's Raymond Legend's whole offer yeah. is you play the level to the beat. And I didn't do that in Mario, but there were some levels that have musical shit going on. But I just thought by expanding their wings beyond that, what really won me over was the rest of the game. Yeah. Like the fact yeah. that a, there's so many secret stages to find. Every level is full of secrets and all the secrets are unique to that level. Uh, if you like Mario brothers or any kind of platforming, I think this might be the up to date, most best platformer so far. Like I, it's the new winner of platforming, I think. Um, so that's my number five, super Mario brothers wonder. Yeah. Uh, that may come up again. <laughs> That game. Great, great. Yeah, that, That's that, it. Come up no shame. It's a good game. Uh, my number five um, is Alan Wake 2. Uh, <gasps> now, people who watch my stream would be like, dude, you were griping the whole time. Yes, I was. I was griping the whole time about Alan Wake 2. I bet you were. Uh, I have that feeling that you would. Because it is obtuse and not always fun. Uh, like, and, and I mean that the game is not as fun as it should be. I think if it had been fun, it could have been like the legit, like it could have contended for the number one spot, you know, it could have legit contended. Right. Um, I just never want to deny a game for trying so hard at cre- at, at doing stuff in a creative way. And man, this game is really, really trying some stuff out. Like it's trying your remedy. Yeah. Are bold. They're going yeah. for it. I don't even think they're necessarily telling that great of a story, but I love the storytelling. I love the ideas of it. I love the visual storytelling of it. Um, I like a lot of the, uh, I like some of the simple puzzle mechanics, although I think occasionally they can be obtuse. I think the combat is better than Alan Wake 1, which is bad. Alan Wake 1's combat is bad. This combat is medium to not great it's it's in that zone mm-hmm. what they they sort of have built a game basically on the concept of resident evil 2 and like in terms of like how does it play and resident evil 2 is better in every way 
um, a much better game, I would say. But Alan Wake really 2, the OG Resident Evil Two? Like, no, no, the remake, the remake, the remaster. Yeah. Okay, yeah, the remake. Um, it's you know, it's very clearly like, hey, let's let's use that as our foundation to build this bizarre Finnish house that we're making, and like, uh, I think that's a good choice. I don't think they were at the level of Resident Evil Two, um, and that's fine. But man, they're really trying some creative shit here. I don't want to spoil too much. Um, I think at the end of the day, Mike, you're going to think the story is dumb, but you might not. You might think it's really mm. awesome. I don't know. That's why I suggested you ta- you play it. Um, I'm like eight hours in yeah. and I like already yeah. the way the story is told. That's what I, that's where I am with it. That's why it but belongs. But the meat of what the story is, is like, fine. That's what yeah. I am. That's how so I, far that's where me. I think you may end up, but, okay. um, I don't want to say too much more cause I, we are going to cover it on this podcast because it's interesting enough to do that. Yeah. So absolutely. that's my number five. All right. I know this sounds premature, but we're actually 20 minutes in. I think we should take a break. We need an advertisement. We need it real bad. Yeah. We need that ad. Money. Yeah, we do. So listen to this long string of ads and just muscle through. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. We'll survive. Mm-hmm. And we're back. Hopefully, and we're back. Fully right. monetized now. Uh, that leaves you with number four, does it not? This leaves us with number. This leaves us with my number four. I can't talk right. Yeah. And this is where Baldur's Gate three is going to come up again. Okay. Oh. Okay. Because I, I'm about to explain why Baldur's Gate three is not on my list either. Oh. Oh, oh it's not. <laughs> even though. Oh. Even though. Even though I'm enjoying it, it's objectively the best top-down turn-based RPG ever made. Okay, all right, great. Blah, blah, blah. It won Game of the Year at the Video Game Awards. And everywhere it's else. everyone's Game of the Year. Yeah. It's not even in our top five. And yes, that makes me feel bad. I me feel too. bad and wrong. But I'm going to explain why, and then we're going to survive it, and we're going to go on with our lives, and you're going to hear my list. Because it's my list, and that's what's important. <laughs> so <clears throat> the reason for me that Baldur's Gate 3 is not in there is... A, the process of gamifying Dungeons and Dragons to this degree, to me, is like showing me a photorealistic picture of a peanut butter cup. I'd rather just eat a peanut butter cup. I'd rather play Dungeons and Dragons in real life than this. And it's so close to being real Dungeons and Dragons that all I think while I'm playing it is I should play Dungeons and Dragons. Like with my friends. Interesting. Um, and have my imagination actually craft the world. Because I know that there's many things you can do in this that are unique. You can use a mage hand to fling, you know, embers at someone just like you could in Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. But you know what you can do in Dungeons and Dragons that you can't do in Baldur's Gate 3? Literally anything you can imagine. And to me, no video game will ever step to that. Mm. Like you can't make a Dungeons and Dragons game that's better than Dungeons and Dragons. It's not possible. Uh, So, I mean, Dungeons and Dragons is my favorite game, video game or board game or anything. It's like the core of my identity. I played it for so long. Uh, I don't see how, I don't know. When I play Baldur's Gate 3, it just makes me want to play Dungeons and Dragons. And then the other thing is I found it so difficult and the way to finally progress that I discovered, thanks to Dave's advice, was, dude, you just got to save a lot so you don't have to start over all the time. So like save. And if you roll a critical miss and your whole party gets wiped out, go back to the save and mm, do it again. See, now that's that's one reason why I think... <laughs> that's bullshit. Yes. You can't do that in Dungeons that's & Dragons. That's what I think and is in better fact, about Dungeons & Dragons. Yes. It makes it not a game anymore. Right. You're just scum saving right. and muscling your way through this thing. Right. Again, I agree with Adam that although I love fantasy, 
The fantasy story was not inventive enough. It was a basic Dungeons and Dragons story. Those are boring to me now because there's too many. When I play Dungeons and Dragons with my friends now and I create the world, I usually throw some twist in there. Like it's a reverse world or it's modern day, but with fantasy elements or it's the wild west, but with fantasy elements. I'm just at 38 over elves and dwarves and the drow and all this shit i'm just over it i'm sorry okay it's boring now how about um, how about this yeah. though how about this though maybe we should think about trying to get this covered in the next six months you know what i mean really like, and just dig the hole deeper just expound on why we don't like well it. <laughs> or maybe you know it'll help us get a more objective view on it since neither of us finished it maybe Okay. Well, anyway, I bring this up now because my number four is an RPG and everyone's going to call me a fucking hypocrite and say, how is that better than Baldur's Gate? And all I can say is it's my list, man. I really liked Sea of Stars. Did you play Sea of Stars? I I, No, I didn't. But I've watched some videos of it because I knew you loved it so much and people are talking about it. Um, Yeah. I I see why you like it. It makes sense. It's a nostalgia play, but it's a really good nostalgia play. By uh, this company called, ooh, I forget. Kowloon's one of the companies, but there's, anyway. They also made The Messenger, which was a nostalgia play based on Shinobi games. But what they do is like what Tears of the Kingdom does. They make you feel the feelings again by doing something updated. So Sea of Stars is a pixel art, a turn-based RPG, yet it added enough gameplay elements. So for example, when I go back and play Chrono Trigger, which we tried to cover, but we both fell off it. <laughs> Frankly, yeah, it's yeah. boring. And it used yeah. to not be boring. When I was a kid, it was complex enough. Now I'm just spoiled by video games having progressed and Chrono Trigger's boring as are most ret- like old school turn-based RPGs. They're too simple. But Sea of Stars did multiple, multiple things. There's these lock sequences that if you can hit your enemies in the right order, then they lose their attack. There's all this stuff that can change the order in which you fight. There's combo moves between multiple characters and there's, you know, weaknesses and strengths and elemental shit. And there's timing based shit like like a Super Mario RPG. You can attack, you know, bonus attack or bonus defense based on the timing of a certain button press. I thought the plot was really cool and engrossing. All the designs were great. It delighted me the entire time. There's a thing at the end that I'm uh, traversal in this game gets more and more fun as you play through the game. The traversal gets better and better. Like you get a ship and then an airship and then you can fly. Um, and the ending's really satisfying. There's a couple surprises I won't ruin because they're so delightful. Uh, things that you literally couldn't have done in an old RPG, but you can now. So why not? Uh, see a stars. I can't recommend it enough. Better than Baldur's it. Gate 3 for me. For wow. me. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Again, just a reminder, Mike and I are seriously entertaining the idea of playing Baldur's Gate 3 and covering it on this podcast. Oh, I played it. I yeah. finished it. Oh, you finished it? Yeah, I oh, finished it. Oh, I didn't realize you finished it. And I, okay. I didn't care for it. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe we won't. Um, that's okay. It is our list. You're right. Um, yeah. I, I got to play that. That sounds really good. Um, okay. Uh, I'm trying to figure out the order. I have them all written down, but the order Adam's of it. number four. Oh yeah. yeah, you pick on the fly, don't you? Yeah, I, I because I, I want the flexibility to respond to what you just did. Mm. Um, okay. Uh, I think this is probably the right time to talk about Hogwarts Legacy. Um, I'm, I am putting it number four. Uh, we've talked about all the problems with Hogwarts Legacy. Now let me say that it was the first genuinely new fun combat in a, in a game in a pretty long time. 
um, like they had an interesting combat loop with the spells and stuff. I couldn't was believe like, how well this the spells is fun. translated to and gameplay. It, it was very, I didn't think they would. Yeah, it was very customizable. It was very entertaining. Um, flying was great. Taking classes was great. Being in Hogwarts was great. The surrounding town was great. The characters were pretty great. Um, the customizability of it was in general pretty good. It has the problem that Horizon Zero Dawn had of feeling like there's probably a sequel to this. It's going to be so flushed out that it'll be like, I never need another Hogwarts game. Um, like, you know, the, there wasn't enough enemy variety and um, the story was a, a little bit blah by the end. You know, it was like, okay. Uh, you know the ancient yeah, it's magic like, and there's stuff. There's some evil goblins. Who yeah, cares? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it's right. not. It's not. A, it's not incredible in that but way. Hogwarts as a Hogwarts place was to awesome, wander man. around is untoppable. It, it, it like was it rivals great. Night City in terms yes. of how fun it is to wander. Yes. Look, an over, like an open world, you know, story based, you know, slight action RPG game needs to be about a place you want to be. Right. Like it's simple as that. When you when you're in a place that's fun to look around in, the game works out. Hogwarts Legacy is an awesome place to be. You know? Um Yeah. Be you know, and also like frankly, it is a wish fulfillment thing to go through and have your own Hogwarts experience, right? Everyone who and loves Harry Potter. Yeah, flying yeah. was great. Like I, I you can't underestimate the importance of wish fulfillment as a game designer. It's why horror games are so great. Because horror games are the experience of a horror thing, but personalized because you are making the choices, you know, and it's the same mm -hmm. thing here. Like this is better than watching a Harry Potter movie again, because now it's your experience as a Harry Potter character, you know, and it's, and that is great. It's very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry for those of you who are furious that I like this game, but it is a good game. I think, you know, independent of all the problems surrounding it. That's Number it. four with a magic missile. Yep. <laughs> Wizard bullet. Um, okay. That brings us to my number three. Uh, I'll just say the name immediately. Adam, did you play Cocoon? No, I did not, but I heard about are, it. Are you aware of Cocoon? I heard okay. a little from you. I heard a little bit about it from you. For me. Yeah. So Cocoon is the new game by the guy who did Limbo and Inside. Oh, fuck. And I, okay, I didn't I know that. can't believe I'm saying this, but it's equally if not more interesting than inside um which is one of my favorite games for tone that's ever been made uh it's this incredible abstract puzzle game with not a single word of written after the title screen there's no written words and there's no spoken dialogue ever and yet i really don't know how he did it the puzzles unfold in such a way like, I, I think he's the best puzzle designer. Every puzzle intuitively wow. builds on the last, and every single puzzle makes you go, oh, of course it's that. That's so cool. Literally every puzzle. Okay, Adam. all right. <laughs> like, all right. I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. So the basic mechanic is you have this little orb that has a world inside it, and you can go into the orb, into that world, or you can go up a level out of that world and you can store different orbs inside each other. And you can like, it's basically dimension hopping as the puzzle mechanic. Each orb does something different, but it's also a whole level. You can always dive into them or come out of them. And, uh, 
I really don't know how to describe it. It's beautiful. It's this like really trippy look with incredibly complex graphics. And by that, I mean, there's just so much fine handcrafted detail, much like Inside. Inside was gorgeous. This game is gorgeous. And you just play a little fly who comes out of a cocoon and you slowly progress through the puzzles fighting other bugs and getting bigger and bigger until some shit happens at the end and it sounds it's fucking awesome. great <laughs> that inside, sounds really good inside's ending is more evocative okay that's literally the only thing i'd give it over cocoon this guy's a genius okay. i should know his name and i don't but the puzzle designer behind inside and limbo and now cocoon is a freaking genius sounds like how long <laughs> so is it my number how long is that game hmm well, it depends if you're willing to look up the puzzle solutions that really stump you. There were one or two puzzles that if I had not looked it up, I could have easily spent hours not figuring it out. Okay. You know? Yeah. But I would say play it with a walkthrough. Only check the walkthrough when you're getting really frustrated. Um, because, you know, I don't consider that a weakness in the puzzle design. No human brain is going to instantly get every puzzle, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just some, sure. some you'll immediately grok and some you won't. So I would say through the entire game, which of course is maybe a hundred puzzles or whatever, uh, it's not very long, honestly, maybe eight hours. Uh, well, I, ne I only twice had to go to the walkthrough and go, oh, I never would have figured that out. And that is a bad feeling in a puzzle game when you go, oh, I never would have figured that out. Um, but as I said, every time I thought I should have figured that out because it is fair. The puzzles are fair and they make sense. And not only do they make sense, they tickle your brain. Every puzzle's different. No puzzles are repetitive. And every puzzle's solution makes you go, aha, oh, that's cool. I didn't know the orb could do that. I get it. That's how you progress. And then you would figure out something else and go, oh, if you put three orbs inside one orb, you can shoot a laser into the orb and it'll hit the other orb and go through into its world and hit something that activates something. Blah, 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 blah. I just, it's, it's, that's what's great about it. The puzzle design is abstract and wordless in a way that I cannot describe, but is incredibly satisfying. Uh, I feel like it's safe to commit to making a one-upsmanship about that game already, right? That seems. Oh, I'd talk Cocoon for an hour. Yeah, yeah for that's sure. that seems. Uh, I both of the two games I've played by that guy are pretty great. So, yeah. Um. Okay. Wonderful. That was your three. That was my three. Um. The truth is, the next two games I feel like are kind of the same. So I'm putting them in an order that's a bit indistinguishable. Uh, there is okay. a distinct separation between one and everything else in this game, in this, in this, uh, list this year. Um, so I think I'm gonna, for the sake of not repeating things too much, I'm going to put my number three as super Mario wonder, um, Hogwarts legacy again. Yeah. <laughs> Hogwarts legacy repeated, uh, super Mario wonder. You captured what is awesome about it. Well, I, want, I only want to add a few things about it. One is, this feels to me like the first genuine sequel to Super Mario World. World, yeah. Like, Super Mario World is one of the greatest games ever made. You know, like, mm -hmm. it's in that list somewhere, top 10, top 5, you know, somewhere. And it didn't feel like, it felt like everything that came after it was riffing on it or, you know, moving away from it. Uh, or, you know, sort of nodding to it, but not the or it's same. Or 3D now, so work. it's fundamentally yeah. different, right? This game felt like we are going to make a genuine sequel to that and expand on it uh, and riff on it and, like, you know, 
yeah, evolve. And they did. And here's another cool fact about it. From what I hear and read, all the wonder ideas are from the younger designers on the team. Like they mm. gave, they let the younger designers go nuts with the, with like the wonder pieces effects. Yeah. yeah. And like, I'm like, well, that's so exciting. You know what I mean? Like that's such an exciting idea that, Hey, the future of Mario is in hands that get it. You know, yeah. um, like, and that's great because Mario deserves to continue. Um, and this game proves that I would say, um, another cool thing about it, you sort of, maybe we don't agree on this, but I sensed very distinctly in the art style and some of the mission designs that Mario had learned a thing or two from Rayman. Um, Rayman is a great game. Another game we should cover. Um, Rayman, is it Legends was the most recent one? We should Legends is the second. Yeah. Okay. We should cover whatever the last one was. Uh, because it was fantastic and we both love it. It was. Um, and I, I'm so glad to see that, you know, the designers appreciate other great platformers and feel like they're still in dialogue with other great platformers. You know, like that's that it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. Mario as 2d side scrolling entity is not the top dog after Raymond legends. And this game was about, yes, we are. You know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. we need we need that. Like, you know, video gamers need these companies to feel like they're competing with each other and to, you know, try to outdo each other. That's good for us. Um, and that's a good thing. Uh, generally, like I zipped right through this game. It was it took me about 30 hours to get through all of it and like do every it was mission. another one that really got me through my depression, too. Yeah. So it has a special place yeah. in my heart for that reason alone. Like it's hard to. It's maybe it wasn't. It was like twenty hours. Like I, I played it almost continuously. Like it, a Mario game is so easy to pick up and enjoy that you forget how special they are because you're you're just so cozy for twenty hours and then it's over. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. like they're they are very special in that we were lucky to get it. I still think of three D Mario's now as being like the premier like the canonical Mario's at this point, but this game mm -hmm. sort of challenges that idea. Um, and it's great. Pick it up if you're interested in, you know, a, a, a new spin on a nostalgic experience. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. I, I don't know that it tops my experience of Odyssey because Odyssey no, is not at really all. special. Yes. Right. But yes. as a 2D platformer, it's the best one now. <laughs> no, o Odyssey, I think, is still the best platforming game ever made at this point. Like, I don't know yeah. that it's the most important, but it's the best. But it's so fun. So it's, fun. It's amazing. Yeah. so many moons. You'll yeah. never get them all. <laughs> nah, man. I still have... There's nah. eight moons I haven't gotten. There's there eight. And I haven't gotten them all. Okay. I feel like we're at risk of our goatee episode being a little short. Eh, I don't okay. know. Is it is it time to take? Oh, it, it's totally okay. I think there's a lot of juicy things being said, and we I don't want to belabor it just right? for the sake of belaboring it. Right. So we both got two more left. Yeah. Is now time for a break, or should no, let's we do, do one, more? one more each, and then we'll take a break. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, then the last. All right. You know what you're doing to the I do. final block. Okay. I know exactly what we're doing. My number two is the game that, since March, it came out in March of this year. I assumed would be my number one until stuff happened. Uh, it was my number. It held that number one slot in my mind and my heart for a long time, for a big chunk of this year, maybe March until, you know, whenever the other one came out. Um, and I don't know if we've dropped the episode or yet, yet or not. I hope we did. Um, we but should've. it's Norco. Has Norco Yeah, dropped? Norco's out. Yeah. Okay. So you can listen to that for a more full understanding of why this is totally a swamey gamey, but it, drips with soul 
It is a somber, dreamlike meditation on the near future decaying, like dockside part of Louisiana uh, with rich characters that are fascinating to me. It's a point and click adventure, which is among my favorite kind of like, I just love that genre, um, especially when it's a point and click adventure where you're not just randomly combining items, which Norco had very little of. It was very directed. It was very like concrete. And it just told the best gaming story I've experienced this year, hands down by a wide margin. And as the narrative guy, I have to have one of my top two be narrative based. Um, Norco, man, it's beautiful. There's a robot in it called Million who is still haunts my thoughts like he's one of my favorite video game characters of all time in terms of how evocative he is to me all the ideas in the game like making fun of right-wingers by making this cult called the garrets the garrets you were love so the interesting garrets. to me you love them like yeah. yes so many different aspects of the game were just brilliant satire and brilliant extrapolations of what the near future could be like and these wonderful moments of soul like meeting with an old man on an oxygen tank and having this really intimate conversation with him and then leaving his house like just that was there's so many vignettes that are beautiful to me there's a vignette where you are an all you play as an alligator haunting the swamps and um getting hunted by humans and yeah, I could go on and on there every, you should listen to the episode where we covered it. Cause I'm not going to describe every scene in the whole thing, but if you like point and clicks, it's not twitchy. It's just like the moment you see that giant robot bird, there were so many moments in this where I went, what the fuck in yeah, a good yeah, way. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's creative beyond belief, uh, made by a very small team and I'm just so proud of them and I love it. It's like, it's like a book of short stories that I really, really, really love. It has, I think it has the best writing of the year. I don't know. Did it come out this year? I thought it came out last year. Yeah, it came out March, 2023. Okay. All right. I um, checked. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Because I was going to say, uh, if you're sneaking in games you played this year that came out last year, I would have snuck in Vampire Survivors. Uh, really? A game, a As game, a top five? <laughs> Uh, maybe I, a game I played a shitload of this year. Me too. Super uh, fun. It's really fun. Yeah, I really, really liked it. Uh, it's like Rocket League, where you're like, "This is so stupid. Why is it so fun?" But it's good. It's really <laughs> yeah, good. It it's is. dumb it's and good. Uh, yeah, Norco. I think it's very telling how much I liked Norco because that is a game I should not like, uh, but mm. I do really like it. So, you know, go check out that episode. Would you say you're not a big point and click guy? Generally? No, I think they're boring. Um, yeah. I think they're boring. I wouldn't have thought they were boring if I'd been raised on them or if I'd played them in their heyday. Right. You know, but as, but like I, I'm, this is a thing that I'm sort of slowly coming to is like, I, and when I want to listen, get a story, I want to be entirely invested in that story. You know what I mean? Like, and I want to be, mm -hmm. I want to consider the telling of the story. Like I really have a sense, like when I watch a movie, my mind is really turned on with games. I find that the interactivity challenge piece of it gets distracting from a great story a lot of times, you know, and that's what, or, mm -hmm. or like they feel like they're disconnected in a way that's annoying. Or the um, item that you use, you're like, why is that? Why the is item it that, that progresses? Yes. Right. right, right. This is too quick. This is too quirky and out of order, and like the, you know, like you're not meeting the meeting the narrative need that I have right now. Right. Um. You know, and that's just that's my hang up. I'm not here to say that I'm right and everyone else is wrong. So you know, that is what it is. Um. My number two, and I'm really surprised it hasn't come up at all yet. Uh. Hmm. Especially from you, is uh. 
uh, Spider-Man 2. Oh, uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 got some hate this year for like being, well, it's not that different. It was an argument I kept hearing. Um, and I think in a way it's a victim of like, it's a victim of all the Marvel movies. Like there's just too much Marvel stuff out in the world. So this game Amen. became this place where there's a lot of reflexive irritation with it. But if you're like me and you're like, but I don't watch all those Marvel things cause I know they're not good. This game was fantastic because it's a great continuation of the Spider-Man story. And actually, I'll pick a bone just with that. Did you see Spider-Man No Way Home? Because it of was course. a cut above. You it was and a I, cut above all we the covered it. Marvel movies. We right. covered it on the Multicurse episode. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. great. It was really good. I liked it. You know, um, I'm not. I think Spider-Man in I'm general. Saying, even though, even though I'm marveled out, Spider-Man is the best one. Correct. There's no <laughs> yeah. doubt. I think that these games are the best superhero things that have ever been made. Wow. Maybe ever. Like, I think they're really good. Um, Even I, the death and rebirth of Superman. You ever play no, that? that well, play I like steel. I mean, I really like that comic book, honestly. <laughs> sure. Oh, it's uh, a great with doomsday. Yeah. yeah. It's and comic. I, you know, there's other things that I would prefer, you know, but like, I think this is a contender for best superhero thing. Um, that's how strongly I feel about it. I, I I think Spider-Man 2 is not dramatically different than Miles Morales or the first one, but it's a it's it's gently restructured in a way that ex- enhances the experience in every way. Traversal is better. The way you encounter side missions is better. The story they're telling is equally intimate. Uh, it's really well told. It's it's not told with too much bloat. Like the game's a little shorter than people expected, and I'm like, yeah, good move. You know, mm. good move, Insomniac. Like, we don't need this to be 100 hours. It can be 20 hours. That's good. You know, um, they're, they're still holding on to some key things like, you know, the Green Goblin and some other things that are clearly for another sequel. They do uh, the classic move that they always do, which is you go, Craven the Hunter's the main villain? Yeah, That's yeah. But he was all and right. And it's like, nope. Yeah. He's not the main villain. Right, right, right. This guy's the. It's always right. the Joker. You right. know, the Batman equivalent is no. It always ends up being the Joker. But <laughs> he was he was all right as a plot mechanic. I thought as a mid level yeah. mid game villain. Yeah, yeah. As a person who's seen a lot of the Spider Man movies, not all of them, but a lot of them, I I think this was a the best telling of Venom I've seen so far. You know, uh, definitely better than the Topher Grace yeah. version. Yeah, yeah, it's better. Um, uh, did you Toby see Toby McGuire? You mean? Uh, no, Topher Grace was the one who gets the Venom suit in Spider-Man Three, I believe. Oh, I see. Okay, it was he? Toby McGuire is Spider-Man. I'm sorry, yes, I, that's right. I got confused. Topher Grace. I know what you mean. Anyway, yeah. Um, did you see Venom? I haven't seen that. Like no, the actual Venom but I movies. got the sense it was it was uh, wacky. I got the uh, sense they sucked, but yeah. maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Like, so like, I can't be definitive. I haven't read every comic book either. You know what I mean? Like, but if you're a person who's read every comic book and seen every movie, um, then you may not be able to appreciate this game on some level because you're already fatigued with it. That's the problem is that the spider, this Spider-Man game, which is very, very good, a really well-made game, well-told, well-executed, it's smooth, it's beautiful, it's easy to play, you can do anything you want as Spider-Man. If you've, if you've shown up to this with fatigue, blame, blame Marvel and all the movies. Don't blame the game. The game is fucking awesome. Um, and it, I mean, yeah, that's really it. Like, again, sp- superhero stuff is about wish fulfillment, right? How mm-hmm. was it like to play as Spider-Man? It's never been better than this game. 
Um, they didn't fuck it up. And, you know, it, it's a well-told, pretty well-contained story with, you know, a bit of tedium because it's a video game. But in general, fun to do. The suits, fun to get. Uh, you know, the relationships between the characters, fun to explore and to be in, you know? Hey, man, what else do you want? Pretty great game. It also made me realize even more of the analogs. And by that, I mean... Marvel and DC constantly rip each other off. Spider-Man yeah. is obviously their Batman. Of course. Right? A bat, of course. A spider. Um, and of course, like the Green Goblin is a kind of Joker. Uh, and this one made me realize that Mysterio is the Scarecrow. He uses gas to make yes. you go into secret I liked, worlds of fear. I liked this version of him, though. Like, I think yeah, they're making too. good choices about how to keep us invested in all in this pantheon of characters. Well, it's funny. They don't have an Arkham asylum. They have the raft. So in unlike Batman, they have this kind of culture where like in Batman, none of the bad guys ever turned good in this. Several bad guys were good now and several good guys were bad. Now I actually find that pretty interesting. I do too. I liked the, the, the redemption arc I didn't need with Mr. Negative, For Mr. Lee, Mr. Negative. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like superhero villains are generally fairly silly, right? Like we haven't ever covered the Batman Arkham city, Arkham asylum games and we will. Um, ever, and there were ever, no, we that haven't covered them. weird to me. Actually. We will. Yeah. We, I mean, we will. We will. But like one of the fun things about that franchise is they do nod to the weird pantheon of villains. Like Calendar Man makes a cameo and stuff. I loved seeing him. Yeah, he's in prison. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, this and Spider-Man, in my opinion, has a sort of sillier tier of villains than like the top tier of Batman. Um, But I think they're they're well rendered and considered here. You know, I mean, it's as simple as that. Like a minute. Rhino is juggernaut. Yeah, I didn't. I never it, realized that one. Yeah, either. bro. Yeah, <laughs> well, welcome to the cynical side of superhero consumer. Of superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Shall well, we take then, a break? I think it's time to hop over a quick break and then have an even quicker block on the other side. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how long we'll be able to milk it, but we'll try. We'll do it when we get those udders up next. All right, my fingers are on the video game udders. I'm ready to milk it. <laughs> Good. Squeeze it out. Squeeze out that By content the way, milk. I don't think we ever said this is one upsmanship. We're friends. We talk about video games. That's Adam. <laughs> I'm Michael. I'm just trying to fill time, I love it. man. We don't need to fill, fill any time. We don't need to. Okay. Yeah. Because we both have the same number uh, one, don't we? My, yeah. Do you want to say it in unison? <laughs> no, you can say it. Go ahead. Okay. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom Definitely. may well be the greatest video game ever made. Definitely. And if you take narrative out of the equation, like if you tell me, Michael, and the narrative is not bad at all. Not at all. No, it's good. But I'm saying the only games that can even step to it, the only way they can step to it is narrative. Like Last of Us 2's narrative steps yeah, to it's the right narrative. There. of yeah. But as a package, as a game... I can't think of a better game. I really can't. A more well-executed game that's objectively great. Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, I guess people saying that this is the best year of gaming ever are probably thinking of Tears of the Kingdom and Baldur's Gate. Yes, they are. And when you, th- when you think about that in that light, I can see their point. Because I know how much people love Baldur's Gate, but also Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom almost makes it the landmark year in gaming all by itself. Like tears of the kingdom lifts the whole year up. It elevates gaming as a medium to me. Yeah. It's just beautiful. It's that beautiful. I completely agree. Um, I think actually, and I mean, it's a little unfortunate that I haven't finished Baldur's gate three, but 
it's interesting because I think Baldur's Gate three perform like serves as a great counterweight to what makes Tears of the Kingdom great. So like Tears of the Kingdom is not breaking a lot of new narrative ground, although it is expanding a little bit. What it is doing is saying we're going to refine and invent new kinds of puzzles and bring this franchise into a direction you could never have expected. We're going all the way with it. We're going to we're going to break open the toy box. And Anything that you guessed it was going to be based on Breath of the Wild, you were wrong about. Yeah, it was it it's was more. all new stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's that and it's more. Um and like Mike and I always have this debate about is it better to be the inventor of new things or the refiner of a new idea into a polished thing and it seems very clear to me that both of those games are doing a little bit of both things and yet it feels to me like Tears of the Kingdom is the one that's pushing into new territory and Baldur's Gate is the one that's sort of refined an RPG experience down to like perfect. Especially and this is one of the reasons it impressed me less than I think other people is I don't think a lot of people played Divinity 2 which was has a lot of that previous game yeah and people should play that because it basically has almost everything that Baldur's Gate 3 has in it and you know what it's an original story it's not based in the D&D world I actually found the story more compelling that's interesting now I'm not I'm not doing this to shit on Baldur's Gate I'm just saying that this is a continuum that all gamers live on and sort of have to figure out what are their feelings about it. And you'll hear me often be the ref- the voice of, no, nah, let's refine an idea that matters, like the experience of it. But this, but Tears of the Kingdom is also sort of this counterweight where it's like, no, innovation is the most important thing. You know, like when somebody invents something really, really creative and interesting, nothing can replace that. It's why. But I, it's also perfectly executed. Yes. There's that's nothing the thing. wrong with the execution. <laughs> Thank God that Nintendo has enough money. They can sit on a game and polish for a year and a half, which they did. Yeah. You know, um, but it's one of those things like last year, one of my favorite games was Return to Obra Dinn, right? A game mm-hmm. that was not released that year, but I'd never played it. Um what a great, amazing new idea. It was probably the second best game I played that year behind Elden Ring. This Tears of the Kingdom is that kind of thing where you play it and you're like, fuck me, I've never done any of this stuff before. And I've never right, combined these things into a totally different experience than I expected. You know, um, it's not like everything in it is brand brand new, but it's, you know, pieces that have been congealed into a new concept that is exciting. And who knows what could, might happen. Yeah. And I could opine for 10 hours on my unique journey through that world. Like there are just so many memorable set pieces that it's impossible to list them all. You just have to play it. I keep going back to that massive cave system that's underneath lookout landing. I'm like, they didn't have to do that. Exactly. They didn't, yes. they didn't have to make the most complex cave system ever represented. It takes in a hours game. to get through it. They, but they did. Yeah. yeah I, when I jumped down there, like this was on a stream, I think I jumped down there for, I was like, oh, I'll clear this out, you know, get whatever the item is. And yeah. like three hours later, I was like, dude, like, I'm not at the end of this. Where, yeah. <laughs> where's the end of this game? Like, it never fucking ends. And I've never had a game, and we talk about this on the episode that we did, but like, I've never had a game where it was so difficult to get a simple objective done because every step is a new fun thing to do. Never had that experience where I couldn't get focused. You know, my only gripe with the game was towards the beginning. I got so distracted on my way to do one quest by other quests that I 
did feel overwhelmed or like this is kind of ADD because you immediately have 150 quests or something. Yeah, shit so many in your roster. But after I realized it's not ADD, it's just go with the flow. Yes, just explore. That's the experience. Just have fun. Just go just do have it. Have fun. Don't yeah. worry about getting do let all yourself the get distracted. Yes. Do whatever comes to you yes. at any given moment. It's yeah. a, it's embracing what an open world game is supposed to be. Like it's supposed to be now go off Pure and do whatever you want. And like this game's went even further with that. Like well, not only will it give you the story and modules, but like you can put different pieces together and have an entirely different interaction in this open world than the other player playing it at the same time. And the combat. Yes. Like, don't get me started. It's great. I, I, I didn't do this, but I saw a guy online who made a bunch of bombs and stuck them together and threw them up in the air, then reverse time so that they fall and hit a Lionel. Then you use the fire to float up on your glider and then smash down with a weapon. Like you can do cyberpunk esque shit in this that in breath of the wild was not possible. The combat no. in this, the fact that you can attach anything to your arrows changes everything and there's like nine systems that change everything there's so many systems and they're they are intimately and intricately built out by people who anticipated what gamers would do in ways that shock me like when you go on like for about a month and a half there when you went on x and watched videos mm -hmm. for uh, about this game it was people finding uses for parts that created entirely different contraptions like a walking mat that's like or an how airship. the fuck did yeah. they think of that you know like uh and then they it works and it's fucking hilarious and fun and like it's like man I don't know what the hell else do you want a video game to be, which is I'm almost. I mean, did you one. see the stick figure with the giant testicles? Yeah, of that course. Explode? It's did great. Did you see it, yeah. people? <laughs> it's great. Anyway, I the reason we're waxing poetic about it is that most games are delivering the expectation you had to the utmost, right? That's what most games are doing. Here's what you expect it to be. We met your expectations or even surpassed them. This game has defied any expectation you could have of it and delivered something wholly unanticipated that, yeah. that transforms what you want out of video games in the future. You know, that's a, it, I don't know what else to say. That's an amazing. And you know man. what? Just because it comes into my mind and I know it will make you happy. I'd say Elden Ring also has. Yes, smacks it of does. That, where you, yes, it they does. They gave you the open world that you didn't even know you wanted and you didn't even realize how much cooler it would be when it's open world. Yeah. I think the fun thing about Elden Ring is that it's like what you keep pulling off masks and there keep being cooler masks underneath. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, oh my God, there's this. Oh, and then there's this. Oh, and then there's this. And like, that's a great experience. Yeah. Zelda stands alone because you make your own experience and the playground is so flexible that everybody's invited. It's wild. Yeah. Cooking. Cooking's fun. Yeah, cooking is still fun, right? I like that he hums <laughs> he hums some of those old songs, you know, like which I, yeah. I really appreciated. Yeah. You know, great game. Yeah, love it all. Great game. Great game. Okay. We milked it enough. We made it to an hour. We sure did. We're full of milk. That's all I really care about. Yeah. <laughs> you love getting that I do that want people mark. to know, by the way, I, this will be on the free feed, so I do want people to know, if you're wondering what happened to one-upsmanship, then you're just not aware that most of the episodes are behind the paywall now, so you will have to go patronize us to the tune of $3 a month at minimum, which is, come on, $3 a month? Come on. Give it to us. And uh, you'll get all the other episodes of one-upsmanship. So, patreon.com slash smallbeans. If you love one-ups and you need more in your life, Life. Otherwise, hope you enjoyed the goatee episode.
Love, maybe it was the best year in gaming. It was a pretty good year. I mean, like there's I'm gassed up on it now. There's some years that I really I think 2007 had some great games, if I remember correctly. Uh, it's a great year, man. We had like I love all these indie games you mentioned that I didn't even have time to get to. Uh, yeah. For those of you who are going to stick with us on a one-upsmanship journey, we're going to release every other week. Uh, so we're still working pretty hard in the game minds for you. Uh, but, uh, this list and probably every list that we compile for game of the year will, will probably end up having to be focused more around the stuff that we cover on the podcast. Uh, just, you know, because we are because doing so many other things to play yes. every single game. That's the thing <laughs> that occurred after a year at iHeart. It was like, okay, we can't, I can't play 80 can't games a year. Up. Yeah. I can't yeah. do it. Uh, so forgive us if we haven't covered your favorite thing. Like if some of us like, what about Forspoken? It's like, yeah, bro, I'm sorry. We, I mean, we played that, but it was a nine months ago or whatever. Or yeah. what about Final Fantasy 16? Yeah, man, something had to give. I, it wasn't going to be like, I couldn't play that game and this and that and that. So sorry, we're only two men. What well, we do love you and we still love video <laughs> we're games. We're just normal men. Yeah, we're just <laughs> normal <question>. men. <laughs> uh, um, what sucks more? Starfield or Garfield? Because they're both pretty bad. Boy, you love shitting on Starfield. Starfield is a C minus. Like, I, I just want to okay. be definitive about that. Starfield is a C minus. For what it's supposed to be, it's one. It's offensive and frustrating. For what sure. it is, it's a C minus. It's fine. Garfield. Okay. And I'd give Garfield a big old D. Yeah, yeah. That's what he wants. He wants it right in the Monday, my dude. I'm just saying, have you ever actually read Garfield strips? Yeah, They're of course. not funny, man. They suck. I mean, when I was a child, I thought some of them were cute. Yeah. Like, it's cute. You know, I don't know why I'm on this now, but the other one is my mom has all the Peanuts books in the bathroom yeah. to read Peanuts. Nah. And like, Peanuts doesn't even have jokes nah. in it. Peanuts is nothing. Peanuts is like Family Circus. Suck it, Schultz. Yeah, fam <laughs> Family Circus is like, here's a map of where the child walked to to get back to their parent. And you're like, why is that like, anything? Oh, he tracked mud in the house. That kid. It's like, yeah, I don't need a comic strip that's just the mistake I just made. You know, like, I don't need that, man. We should totally do a whole comic strip episode, dude. <laughs> Number one, Calvin and Hobbes with a bullet. Oh, Number two, obviously. Far Side. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the, you just did it. That's the episode. Yeah. That's the episode. All right. And that is the episode. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. We like you. Work complete. Work complete.